Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine, very special interview episode. I'm Nick and today my guest is Mark Christopher Lawrence, a star of many such things and such as a Hey It's That Guy type, type people, has been on Seinfeld, um, mockumentary Fair of a Black Hat, several movies, several things, great stand-up comedian. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Uh, you, you got uh, recently Emmy nominated. Emmy nominated? Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Are you close to EGOT? Or? Pardon me? Are you close to EGOT? I don't know who that is. Yeah, uh, close to EGOT, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, too? Ah, yeah. 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 No, it's my first nomination, so. Awesome. After all these years, I'm pretty happy. Awesome. You know, I want to talk a lot about your uh, your career and actually try to, you know, some of the things I've seen you in have been some of my favorites, but I'm really, really, like, interested also in your, your stand-up comedy side, which I think a lot of people really don't know, and, like, one of my yeah. favorite... Um, one of my favorite stand-up specials is the, uh, the the most killer joke ever told. Tell the you, you talk about killing a guy and bringing him back. And then how, and how a lot of your stories, you know, some of them are just from the day, you know, from day-to-day -day stuff. And some of it's a little embellished. Like, how do you know when it's something like, okay, I got to tell this story in my next set? Well, you know, it's, I, I went through a writing slump at one point, and um, the last year I played football, there was a, there was this guy John McMasters who yeah. was just a beast of a linebacker, yeah. and uh, he and I reconnected on social media years later, and he was teaching a poetry workshop, and um, so I went to the workshop, and he gave me a technique that helped me break out of my slump, and it was basically. Uh, a timeline of your life. You know, in the left margin of a piece of paper, you write the date you were born. Yeah. The right margin, you write today's date. Draw a line across every story that you can remember that affected you positively. You put a little hash mark above the line and write that, write whatever that story is down. Yeah. And if you can remember the date, helps you. It helps you with details. Okay. Everything that affected you negatively below the line. And uh, after I did that, then I realized I have all of these stories that I can pull right out of my life and tell on stage. And most of them are already ridiculously funny. So then it just becomes, okay, which one do I work on now? <laughs> okay. So that's what I've been doing. Wow. How did you come up with the uh, the line, is I still, I still love back up, Bubba? We, <laughs> we got that, like, I'm in jail and back up, Bubba, I killed a guy by a joke. I, I, gotta, I gotta give a nod to my friend Lester Berry, that was him. <laughs> no, like there's so many roles that you've been in like you know being one of the burly guards in uh in terminator 2 obviously that's right up in the front but i think one of my favorites is when you're the race in the race episode of seinfeld oh yeah and you know with several others it seems like you know all through the career i mean you've done so many different roles uh, kind of a two-part question. What's your favorite, and how do you choose the roles that you go for? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to ask you the second part of that first, which okay. is um, I'm not really in a position to choose, so what I do is, is whatever comes up. Um, unless it's just simply blasphemy, I pass. I, I'll pass on that, but everything else, I just take the job. If it comes, I take it. Um, 
and then uh, as far as what's my favorite, that's a tough one because there's been a lot of things that have been a lot of fun to do. Uh, but probably Fear of a Black Hat playing uh, a rapper, Mixmaster Tone Deaf, was probably you know my favorite thing to do. I, and when I watch it, I go, wow, it's, 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 it's not something that fits with my image today. But, <laughs> right. Um, but it, it, it's... It's it's funny, and uh, it is funny. <laughs> and I don't think I knew how to act back then. It's like I'm watching. I'm like, it's like I watch it. I go, oh wow. And my chops were suspect at that point. <laughs> it, besides that, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot. The, one of the questions that came up when we were preparing for this was really when you think about, you know, with Fair of a Black Hat, and do you think it relates to a lot of stuff that's going on now? In just in general society? I don't know. I, you know, Fear the Black Hat is, is a mockumentary. Yeah. You know, we were making fun of, of rappers in the day and 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 some of the some of the things that were going on in the news you know, in, in the day. And I think some of it is is still relevant, you know? Yeah. Um and I think what we we're actually trying to do a, a, a TV show sort of thing, you know, where are they now, get the band back together, they're all broke, they need some money. And so we're uh, we're trying to trying to get that done. So if anybody's out there and has got some dough and want to and want to help us do that, you know, hit us up. I, that so like a like a behind the music type thing. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> one of those. It's like they all got along except when they didn't. Behind the music, we'll return later. <laughs> Like, exactly. <laughs> so you have some of those, like, you know, when you got through with TV and um, all the others, I know you also opened up for people like Jerry Seinfeld, you know, back in back in the day and all this. Like, yeah. Was yeah. there one person that you could say really kicked in the door for you when you when you wanted to start doing acting or one person that you say, that's the guy who got me started? Uh, for acting? Yeah, acting, comedy, wherever. No, you know, I, I, I'll have to say that, that acting-wise, um, one of my one of my uh, speech team coaches at USC uh, had a friend who was an agent. Yeah. He brought her to see me do, to do a play at USC. And she gave me her card and said, give her a call in a couple of days. So I called her up and went in to meet her, and she signed me. First audition was for Hill Street Blues, and I got the job. And that was the start of my acting career. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I know you went to school for theater itself. Is there a, um, was there a really harsh change from, you know, doing stage theater to going to doing things like TV? Or is there anything you really had to get used to? Not really. I, you know, uh, it's all about understanding that, that when you're on stage, it's got to be big. Yeah. Because you have to reach the back row, and then uh, in TV it's a little smaller, and then in film it's a little smaller than TV, because because in film you know you're you on a close up your head is eight feet tall, right? So you can't can't be making a bunch of faces, you know, <laughs> like you do on stage. So so you gotta keep it small. <laughs> it just reminds me of the old like you remember the in living color sketch where jim carrey was in the background and they're trying to do a serious news piece and he's in the background just waving or something and just looking at her, 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 her. yeah <laughs> um, 
Now, um, I've been doing enough of research on some of the questions I have for you, and I'm just trying to see how far I can go. Um, one of the things that it says in your uh, on your profiles and on your site on your website um, that you were shy for a while as a child. How do you think your tenth grade teacher Patricia Schilling would look at you now? Um, you know, she really helped me break out of my shyness. It was it was her who got me involved in speech and debate and put me in my first play and um, you know, and when I say shy, it's like it's like it's basically I don't warm up to people right away and, and okay. I'm still a little bit like that. Yeah. But she got me to the point where I wasn't afraid to get up in front of people and talk. What keeps you going now? Pardon me? What keeps you going now? What, what gets you through? If you're still a little bit like that, what pushes you uh, through it? Uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I think now I'm just old enough to realize that, that, that I'm, I'm, when I'm not talking to people, I'm just listening. Oh. And cause, because people will reveal themselves to you. And so I listen and then um, decide whether or not I'm going to participate. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good, okay. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting, too. So, like, when you talk about with... It's always said that a good actor always is a good listener as well, especially in improv. Do you agree with that? Yeah, well, well I mean, part of, the, part of the job is to is to watch people. And, and you know, you know I, I watch people and listen to people. Like, you know, you find rhythms that are not your rhythms. Right. The way people walk, the way people talk, the, the way they gesture. You know, and you can use that stuff later in, in a character. Yeah. Is there anyone that you've worked with that you, you said, like, oh, I can read them really well and you were right? Like, as of any particular fellow actors that you're like, okay, I got that guy? I, I, I don't know that I, that I look at, at actors that way. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's I think, I think as, as actors, you know, just, you know, I look at them as my contemporaries and, and you know, just try to try to keep the analyzation out of it. Okay. You know, just just try to figure out. Uh, you know, is this somebody that I want to hang out with after we're done working? Oh wow! Has there been many that you've like, you've said like, oh, I've they've been lifelong friends that you've gotten from the beginning of your acting career and there, all the way there's through? There's been, been uh, several that that like Barry Shabaka Henley is in everything from the from the moment we met it was as if i knew him all my life really like he was he was that kind of guy that you know he's 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 uh really uh a, one a brilliant actor yeah. uh two a great guy you're well read well spoken um and and to this day he's like a brother to me and we, we met in 1987 when i was just getting started in, in theater and at the los angeles theater center and uh uh, you know, Delroy Lindo, first time I met him, same thing, felt like I knew him all my life. You, you know, there's some people that just, you know, John Ratzenberger, you know, just, just oh, wow. people that, you know. Yeah. Are there, um, are there any others that, like, projects that you've done that you wish you could do again? Like, like, let's say, like a sequel or something that maybe you could do a little better on? Uh, mostly theater. Um, you know, like I, I would like another shot at um, the piano lesson by August Wilson. You know, played Boy Willie in that play, and it's it's a bear of a play. It's I mean, it's really it's pretty. August Wilson is 
is you're probably one of the top three foremost playwrights ever. Really? And, you know, he wrote ten plays. Two of them are purely surprises. And that's um, good. Yeah. And, wow. And, and his plays—they call them the cycle plays. They—they—they they, they cover a hundred years of African American life in the United States. Oh. And so, and he didn't write them in order. Yeah. And but but in one play he'll be talking about a character that that you don't see, and then in another play you'll see that character. Oh wow. And it's just just brilliant, brilliant writing. He writes with with sort of a a blues pentameter. You know, they say you, you know how Shakespeare has this iambic pentameter. He has a blues pentameter, and when it's not working, you know it's not working. You can feel it. The rhythm is off. Um, but that play, uh, I got great reviews, except one. And the one review I was, you know, this this particular reviewer was is I don't know what he was watching. But, but he's always trying to be against what everybody else says. And um, I got reviews that said, like, Marcus Lawrence is a tour of, tour of force. <laughs> yeah. and, and he did his whole entire review of the play and never mentioned my name until the last paragraph. He said, Marcus Lawrence, eh, I'm not, I'm not sold on him yet. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, it, it was clearly one of those plays where for me, because Boy Willie spoke the lion's share of the words on 86 pages of the 108-page script. And so going into previews, I was still holding 20 pages. Wow. And I didn't drop the pages until two nights before opening. And um, uh, I, I think if I, if I had to do it over again, I would I would approach it differently. I, you know, just the work part of it. I would I would learn the giant speeches first. There's a ten page monologue that gets interrupted by one line. You know, it's like he'd be talking, 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 and then here's one line. Talk, 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 talk for two pages. Here's one line, and he says the thing says a lot of stuff repetitively, and uh, it, it was just a bear to get into my head. And I called everybody I knew who had played the role yeah. to see what they did. And they said, "Yeah, I, I was in the same boat." Um, oh jeez! I'd like to do that play again. Oh, good man. Good. Would there? Do you think there'd be an opportunity to do it soon? Hopefully, I you know, hopefully somebody somewhere is doing it, and, and I can you know throw my name in the hat and see if I can get in there. Oh, oh. I mean, that'd be inter- interesting to do that. So you've done. Um, so you've done it. When when did you do it before? You said it was nineteen eighty seven when you started, or? Uh, well, that play I did. Um, I started theater in 86, I think, professional theater. Yeah. Um, uh, but I did that play uh, probably 2004 or five somewhere in there. Oh, so still quite, you know, I hate to think that 2004 was quite a ways away, but... <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I was in college then. I'm like, that's yeah, not that. That was a little long ago. Oh man! <laughs> now, it did it, it you say that. So, like, what's your? Uh, and I sometimes jump with questions, but I'm very, very interested. In what's your process when you're really learning, like a role? How do you? How do you really dig into the lines? First thing I do is I read the the script just to see what it is. And then I go back and I read the script uh, 
looking at my character. And as I go through, I mark or circle what people say about it. You know, it's like like what other characters are saying about this character. Yeah. Like somebody says, oh, he's always talking about himself or whatever. I'll circle that. Yeah. You know, um, and then I'll go through and I'll figure out, uh, you know, what's the weather in each in each scene. And um, because it, it informs in some way how he feels about his own comfort level. And then I go through and look at it again and, and, and figure out what he wants. You know, what does he want in the whole piece? And then I go from scene to scene. What does he want in this scene? What does he want in this scene? And um, and basically, that's that's acting one on one. You know, what do I want? And 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 even though in every scene you may not get what you want, it gives you something specific to play when you say the lines. You know, when I'm in a scene with you, and and, and, I'm, and this scene is starting to get heated. Yeah. And all I want you to do is sit down. Right. And I'll say lines in a way to make you sit down, even if you don't. I've made that choice to say uh. a line in that way. I'm happy to be um, sitting down. Yeah, so so I'm playing an action as opposed yeah. to an emotion. Yeah. You know, emotion is byproduct of the action. Yeah. You know, as I'm trying to get what I want in the in the piece, uh, the emotions come out of my struggle to get what I want. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. So. How long? Well, a lot of people would have to go to, go, go to acting school and pay for that bit, bit of knowledge, but here you get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I do coach. I, I'm coaching somebody today. <laughs> well, well, I'm privy to that. And I appreciate that. So <laughs> I appreciate that. And also, this may be behind a paywall, too, so everybody else will have to pay for it, too. <laughs> I'm going to make sure you get some of the kind. Or something at least. <laughs> um, kind of a thing that stuck on me is while you're thinking of it, you talk a lot about you know, especially in your comedy about traveling around the country, and I really love when you uh, you know, in the most dangerous joke ever told, like it's early on when you talk about a uh, going to a fair. And, um, and like one of the greatest lines are here is like, yeah, you know, 10 teeth in the whole place. The mayor had it on his bracelet. Like it's what is one of the funniest deliveries I've ever heard. And, um, I just, I want to briefly just tell you like one similar story, kind of see if this is funny. And also I have like questions about some other, like, other people who may or may not survive in that. So just kind of curious for fun. So like where I live, I live in Fowler, Massachusetts. We have a town, Westport, and every year there's a Westport State Fair. Mm -hmm. I think in a way that in order to be a security guard there, you have to have 10 teeth, <laughs> no matter what. And there were, there were two security guards I saw. Like one guy had yellow teeth. He's missing the two front teeth, right? And... The next guy who came, he checked our bags. He smiled. He has two yellow teeth. The rest are white. And I'm thinking in my head, like, that's job security. <laughs> All right, I got you. Good, okay. okay. That's good. I, I got you, okay. The joke structure is good, I guess. 
That's good. I'm trying. <laughs> okay, good. Good. So I'm going to um, open up some days. I'm going to open up a list of your films. And we have a thing on our show called Fantasy Casting. Okay. And it's not necessarily just about, you know, saying other people didn't do great in the roles. It's really for fun just kind of trying to put other actors in in random ways and just to stir conversation for, and as we say, for fun and for insanity purposes. Yes. You decide which is which. So... Like for us, we try to go ahead and put, um, we try to put Christopher Walken in as much as we can. And for reasons. And, you know, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's really not. Yeah. But, you know, I think most of the time it's funny. Now, while I'm doing this and just setting that up, what, uh, what advice do you have for... Like, you obviously go on auditions quite a bit. Are um, Is there, first off, is there, are there still nerves that you have when you're trying to uh, audition for something? Like, maybe you've done the same type of character. And also, like, how do you get ready to go? Like, I've, we've had, heard about actors who just constantly, it's like, 90% of your life and Jenna Fisher from the office says like 90% of your life you're just auditioning like how do you mentally gear up for that um you know it's part of the job I just look at it as part of the job I, it, it's the part that I hate the most I hate auditioning um because in my head I feel like you know they see the audition and they think this is the performance and a lot of times you get it the night before and you know, there's no telling what I was doing, you know, that day and a couple of days leading up to that. So yeah. I may be exhausted and don't have the energy to stay up all night working on it, you know, because I'm not Tony anymore. <laughs> right. Know? And um, so I, I, I honestly, I hate auditioning um, uh, because I'm always, even when I'm on set, I'm making it better every take. Mm. You know, it's like every take, I'm doing something a little different, bringing something else to it. And so uh, at the audition, it's not exhausted. You know what I mean? It's like there's still more that's there. And and how do you get to the point where it's a performance, but you don't want them to think that this is the performance, that there's, you know, you want to think that, this, that there can be more there. You know, and, and, yeah. and that's the hard part because... because uh, a lot of directors and producers don't have acting experience. They don't have that background, so they don't know that this can be much better, even though it's good now. I've heard horror stories about people who are auditioning. I think Nick Offerman uh, says something um, that when you're auditioning, you're auditioning for people who have it in their mind that they could sell toasters, pastries, and cars with you there or they're not thinking about like you just said they're not thinking about the performance they're thinking about how many commercials can I get here or how much revenue can we get from there how, how yeah. do you blow how do you blow through that if that if the auditions are something you really hate you know I, commercially I mean commercials are, are a whole different animal yeah you know um, I, I had a long run you know uh, sort of at the top of the food chain of commercials I did a lot of commercials in the in the 80s and 90s and then uh, 2000 it just sort of slipped off and I think part of it is I got too visible in TV and film and 
like right now, it's like it's really hard to get me out. It's like they, you know, they'll say, "Well, mm, he's too much of a recognizable face." Uh, oh. But then my agents will say, "Well, make him a, 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 a spokesperson." Well, he's he's not a big enough name, so I'm in that area. You know, they don't know my face. They don't really know my name, and that's and that's one reason why I'm on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's right there at the bottom yeah. of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the show notes, and we're going to have so much more on social media. So, trust me, we're going to take care of you, my man. Thank you. We're, we're going to take care of you because, I mean, I, we are privileged enough in this day and age just to have a conversation with you. So, well, I appreciate it. You know, so at least we're we're, we're going to return it tenfold because we're with my wife and I. We started this podcast as a joke. It was it's serious. It was um, it was a friend of mine who he did a movie review podcast with his brother in a studio in the city, and he invited me on. He's like, "Hey, you're funny. Let's yeah, okay." He's like, "Hey, you could do this. This would be wonderful. I bet you couldn't do a podcast." Huh? I'm like. All right, and I signed up. We started doing a podcast, and he quit like three weeks after me. Wow! <laughs> and now I'm, we're in our fifth year now, so it's like one of our other co-hosts, Dan, does it. Is like if this is a joke, you're playing the long game extremely well. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so with the. Uh, with the uh, I might miss this part a little bit but back to like with the the shows and the deep fried food in Mississippi Mississippi I gotta say it exactly as you said it <laughs> with Mississippi who um, do you think would be there and would like who would be the one that would survive uh, in your, amongst your circle of friends if you want to say it uh, who would be the one to survive and who would be the one that would like not make it two feet in the door mm, I have a very tight circle of friends and, yeah. and we're friends because we uplift each other and yeah. we, we make sure that we succeed yeah. um, I'm the only actor in, the, in this in this in this group um, uh, that I'm talking about yeah. uh, that, that's kind of local to me here uh, there's a couple of Navy SEALs there's you know a black master diver number four out of five in naval history um so so be okay. this is a, this is a strong group of people that that uh no matter where you put us yeah everybody is going to survive okay that's <laughs> we'll leave no one behind that's, i remember one year we yeah. went down to to um uh tj to the tequila festival and uh Uh-oh. one of my seal friends said look if anything happens we're going to make our way to the water and swim back. I said, I got about 100 yards of good swim, and then I'm going to need a boat. And he goes, don't worry, I'll drag you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's an interesting answer I didn't expect. I, that, that, I, at first, um, so won't we get to the final thing? I just say, for the listeners and for the watchers, you've got to... Check this guy's comedy out. Like the way that you deliver the jokes is just so natural and so funny. Like you know, and everything is. And if you if you are, have an overly active imagination, you'll find it even funnier. Like, I I I just picture somebody at a fair and like somebody running and like, hey, this guy's got butter coming out of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
It does here, and I don't want to get too much of that. So, when we get into some of the fantasy casting stuff, and we're just kind of picking a few here and there, going from the filmography and some TV. So, you were in a few episodes of Seinfeld. From your actor friends, who do you think could do a modern day version of Seinfeld? A modern day version of Seinfeld? Yeah. And, and replace Seinfeld? Maybe not. Maybe not Jerry himself. Maybe replace Michael Richards, or it's up to you. Ooh. Um, Ron Campbell would, could replace Michael Richards. He's he's that's uh, a good one, one. Stronger actor. Yeah. Uh, two, very very physical. Yeah. Uh, so his physical comedy is right up there with Michael. Yeah. But I but I would take I would take his his acting chops over Michael every day. Cool. Right. Ron Campbell. If you ever see Ron Campbell doing a play near you, go watch him. He is brilliant. Awesome. We're both for Cab. You were uh, had a bit in Caddyshack too. Was uh, one of the construction work. The, the, the very first one. Yeah, right here. So, who do you think as maybe when your actor friends or maybe just any random actor, who do you think could be in that if we had to replace some people? Um. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what would make this game more interesting if you say who you want to replace. Who I want to replace. All right, fair enough. Replace, and then and then that way it's 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 easy to go. Okay, I know exactly the person. All right, so who would you who would replace Randy Quaid? Um. Hmm. I threw a hard one at you right away, huh? That, that's a hard one because because you know, Bill Murray I thought was better in that in, in that role. Agreed. <laughs> Bill was Bill was so good. It's like agreed. Uh, I I think it might be interesting to put like to put like um, John Goodman in that role. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And John 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 would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's very, very physical, and he's also... I don't think he gets enough credit. He, he, he doesn't. I, no. You know, we, my first uh, union play was Anthony Cleopatra, and John was in it. Oh. He played Ina Barbas, and he was so good. You know, we <laughs> became friends, and uh, it was it was right before he got Roseanne. In fact, uh, while we were in previews of Anthony Cleopatra, he had the, the network test for Roseanne, and he didn't want to go because... Oh we were in previews and he was like you know Shakespeare is hard <laughs> right so I said I said just go get it over with get back over here so yeah. he does and, and I said I said well how'd it go he, he said I didn't even read he said she just said turn around and let me look at you and then the next day found out he got the job so so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, John is really he's, he's a solid solid actor yeah i I would agree. I absolutely would agree. I think one of my favorite movies I can quote still to this day is King to, um, King Ralph. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you see him in, in Old Brother Where Art Thou? Yes. He plays the Bible salesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> what about replacing Chevy Chase? Uh, Chevy. I would replace Chevy with. Uh, I would go extreme 
I would put Don Cheadle in that role. Excellent. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I, you I, get like, you yeah. Get like this this seriousness. Yeah. With some humor, uh, you know, and some danger. <laughs> I, I mean, Don Cheadle is one of those that's incredible. He just. I thought he was just one of those really super serious, like every time, because the first movie I ever saw him in was Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that that's really, that was really good. I'm like, okay. And then I see he did a sketch on Funny or Die where he played Captain America, and he's turning everybody into a tree. Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, whoop, I'm sorry, Captain Planet. And he's just turning everybody into a tree, and it's just like, all right, it's like, I'll turn you into a fucking tree. And I'm like... I, I, I didn't know he had it in him. <laughs> Did you see him as Mouse in Devil in a Blue Dress? No. <sighs> Treat yourself. Find Devil okay. in, a blue, in a Blue Dress and see it. It's yeah. set in the 40s. Denzel is awesome in it. Everybody is awesome in it. The, 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 the movie really, uh, I don't think the network did enough to, to get people out to see it. Um, but but uh, Don comes in as this character Mouse yeah. And he's like a country kind of gangster and and scary yeah. and funny as heck. <laughs> All, right. All right. You sold me. You sold me. I'm writing it down. You sold me. <laughs> now, we're going to move over to Terminator 2. And I'm going to say, let's, let's try to go more on a female route. So what about Linda Hamilton playing Sarah Connor? Who would you toss in there? I'd put Yvonne Strahovski in it. <laughs> From Chuck. Good choice. Good yeah, she 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 would be she would be good in that role. She's feisty enough for that. Good choice. What about Robert Patrick? From the T one thousand. Um for that role you need somebody that's just like just intense, you know, with, with, with murderous intent. Yeah. Um, I would go with Delroy Lindo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. I, I'm not, I don't know who that one is, actually. Delroy, um, you ever see Cider House Rules? Yes, I did. He was the father. Oh, all right. My bad. <laughs> all right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, that, that, I get it, okay. The um, so moving a little further down, um, you have uh, in two thousand four, you had Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> so Tim Allen was fun to work with, by the way. Yeah, it, it was really. I've, I've he, heard people he, had mixed he, messages, like he was good or he was bad. But it seemed like he was—he's just—he might have got a bad rap at some point in time. But he is very funny on set and loose and free and yeah. You know, really inviting it. You know, it's like it's like a really good guy to work with. Really, that's that's good. That's good to know. That's good to know because I mean, I've just growing up. I think that was all I he was all I watch. Yeah, I think so. That that that's good to know. So I mean, with that, let's kind of let's jump right with that. So for Luther Crank, I mean, for Tim Allen, who would we do here? Wow, Will Smith. I put Will Smith in that role. Dude, you just gave me goosebumps, actually. That, yeah. Because 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 Will, yeah. know, off camera, 
yeah. is loose and free and friendly and, and really a great guy that, in yeah. the same kind of way. Yeah. But he, he brings, you know, chops that are funny and yeah. serious and and I think I think Will would be great in that role. Yeah. There's a lot of movies that I've watched that I know he passed up or um uh, like for example, he was supposed to play Jamie Foxx's role in Django Unchained, mm. and uh, I think it was down to the last minute. He just wouldn't sign the contract, and he moved on. Oh wow! And I'm thi- and I'm thinking to myself, like I'm like that would have been like it was. It's it's good, like it, it's good for a Quentin Tarantino movie. But I just like I I don't know if that would have elevated it a little more because he's yeah. one of those I grew up. I grew up with him too. Yeah, Jamie was great. I, yeah. you know, I think I think Will, like we were trying to get Will for a project that we were trying to get done a while back, and was it was that? shortly after Independence Day, and just okay. people were like, "No, we don't want him any better than Independence Day." So oh. they were really controlling his image. Oh, okay. And so I don't know, maybe I don't know, maybe some of that came into it or what, but. Mm. but um, you know, he's he is a fantastic talent. He's starting to drop some new music. Have you, have you seen any of that? Any of that? No, I haven't. Uh, does he have yeah, new just, stuff? Just just hop online and check out uh, Freak This. I, I know what I'm doing he's on Spotify at the gym tomorrow. He is not Mr. B. No, I I I know what I'm doing on Spotify at the gym tomorrow. I, I that, that's that's a given. I, I don't think I can go too much more with with Christmas for the crank. So. At least we have uh, Will Smith against uh, up against Jamie Lee Curtis, which that would. But at least while we're here on that one, what about anybody other than Jamie Lee Curtis? Um, I, I throw Tiffany Haddish in there just just to see what Good she Lord. did. I, I I don't think she'd be as subdued. I think, it, I think it, it makes it a, a, mix it up. Yeah, movie. Just throw the well. That's what we do in fantasy casting. We just throw the whole wrench into the whole thing. That fight for the ham would have ended a whole lot differently. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or at least instead of Will Smith, just throw Kevin Hart in there too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of course, the height difference would change a lot. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so maybe there's one more at least while we're at it because this is oh this is oh so interesting. Um, You're in one of the more interesting ones, and you played Sims, and it's the kind of a different role, but pretty interesting was with K Pax with Kevin Spacey, and. I think it was one of those that just seems, I wouldn't say it's out of left field for you, but it just, it seemed to be one of the different ones, at least when it came about. So you have, I mean, you have all the others, um, you know, the leads, uh, Kevin Spacey and Jeff Bridges. Yeah. So what about replacing Kevin Spacey? I would replace him with Jeff Bridges because because when I watch Kevin Spacey, I see Starman. Yeah. Yeah. You ever yeah. see the movie Starman? Yes. So so it's like it's like Kevin Spacey watched Starman and did that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Jeff was a lot stronger. I actually I agree with yeah. you. Jeff was great. I, he, yeah. He, he turned me on to a game Tell me about uh, it. called Pass the Pigs. 
Okay. It his coat pocket. It's like a little, a little uh, case that had these two little pigs, and you roll them like dice. He goes, "Hey, have you ever seen this?" I said, "No." So he showed me how to play, and then um, a couple days later, he brings me one and gives it to me. Okay. And, then, and then I did a movie with Steve Baldwin and, and Nicolette Sheridan, and I showed her how to play. And uh, every once in a while, the director would go, "Where's Nicolette?" And she'd be in her trailer rolling the pigs. Does that game still continue? Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. I know it's there, but do you still do it? Yes, I keep it in my backpack. Awesome, awesome. Who have you played? Uh, how, who have you played that with before? Uh, recently? Um, who, who, who's the last person I played that with? Uh, I think I was working on. Oh, you know who I played it with? With Mums, who um, Mums played. Uh, the poet in the TV show Oz. Yes. Ooh. He recently passed. Um, oh. We were, we did, uh, we worked on uh, All the Queen's Men together for Tyler Perry uh, this past December and we shared a house, you know, on, on, on the lot. He and I hit it off pretty well. Uh, and so he and I played that a couple of nights because it's like, it's like we were bored. It's like, hey, let's play the big he, he'd go, he'd text me. I'd be in my room, he'd text me, he says, hey, you want to meet at the dining room table, bring those pigs. <laughs> and, um, you know, he was a good dude, man. And he, he, we talked probably, we talked on a Sunday. He was working on something in North Carolina, and then he was supposed to be going back to do some pickup shots for all the Queen's men. Yeah. So he called me to see if I was going back. And I said, I said, well, they don't have all the scripts yet, so I don't know if I have to go back or not. And he goes, well, I hope you do. He said, he said I hope we're roommates again. And so he um, he says he was working on this thing in North Carolina, and I, and I guess that Wednesday he didn't show up for work, and they did a, a, a welfare check in his room, and he had passed. Oh, man. So, yeah, just a you know, good dude, man. He's a good dude. 52 years old, you know. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Life, tomorrow is not promised. Take care of yourself, people. No, no, tomorrow's not. Tomorrow's not. No. Now, I tell my people, my day job, I said everything is temporary, so you got to hold on to the good and let go of the bad. Mm-hmm. Every day. So, I mean, with that, why don't we close with this? And, you know, being a working actor and entertaining so many people, um, from all this experience and everything that you've done, what, like maybe general life advice or specific life advice, what would you give to people? What would you say? I, 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 was, I would say this. Um, live every day as if it were your last. You know, talk to people, love on people, spread love, you know, cling to your faith. You know, if you don't have faith, find some. You know, um, life is short. I, since January, I've lost 13 people. Oh, my gosh. And so, um, you know, if there's somebody that you haven't talked to in a while and you think about them often, give them a call. Because I had a situation where every time I passed by the turn to go to see these people, a couple of them who had big influences on my life as, as a youngster, um, I was always in a hurry. And then they passed a day apart, you know, um, one of my high school best friends, mother and father. And I kept saying, you know, I got to get over there and see them, got to get over there and see them. And, and they yeah. passed both from COVID. So, so uh, you know, love on people, man. 
and, and let people know that you're thinking about them and that you're praying for them and, and you know yeah. tell people don't don't just assume that they know I think that's I think that's perfect I think it's perfect for it so Mr. Mark Christopher Lawrence I want to thank you very much for being a part of Movie Theater Time Machine the longest running joke in podcasting we've ever had so I appreciate you I, I appreciate that I've been making you laugh a little bit and um, if uh, we'd love to have you again on anything so Absolutely. we're going to go ahead and wind out now so folks if you've been listening we want to thank you very much for listening as always we tell you be good take care of yourself but don't be too good <laughs>